I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. The Self-Helpful Podcast is brought to you by Ziggler, your premier source for equipping life and leadership coaches. Visit Ziggler.com and let them inspire your true coaching performance. Welcome, everyone, and thanks for joining me as I talk with today's most important influencers, guides, and changemakers to uncover what truly drives them and extract the big takeaway from their personal journey and their greatest wisdom. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and this is Self-Helpful. In this episode, I wrap up our series on Strong Body, Strong Mind, and I'm going to give you a paradigm-shifting analogy that I believe will forever change how you view your brain's ability in regards to the overall health of your body. I kicked off the series with Dr. Gabrielle Lyon, whose focus is muscle-centric medicine. Her new book is called Forever Strong, a new science-based strategy for aging well. And the focus is on muscle built by protein and resistance training, and that it's key for our brain health and our long-term cognitive ability. And the concept is really a cultural shift. Uh, which you're about to hear about in a second. Uh, then I also brought on Randy James, my close friend, medical doctor and functional medicine expert to talk about his experience with patients and his own growing understanding of the importance of skeletal muscle as it relates to overall health and longevity. Here now, I give you some highlights from the conversation and again, start off with an analogy that I think will greatly alter how you view uh, your care for your future health of your brain. Okay, all this talk about muscle and protein is only as relevant as the end result. What do we get out of it? Here's an analogy that I think will drive it home. If you want to grow a flowering or fruiting plant, the overall plant has to be healthy. If you deplete it of light, water, air, nutrients, and proper temperature, it's going to deteriorate, right? The flower is going to deteriorate. The fruit is going to deteriorate. Here's the important point. When a plant is deprived, that's it. What part is, the, I mean, really think, we just don't think about this. What part of the plant is first to go? It's not the roots. It's not the stem. It's not the leaves. It is the flower or the fruit, it cuts off supply to what we would say is the most glorious part of the plant in order to protect the core. So the flower wilts and the fruit wilts and it stops growing. And next, you know, it loses leaves and it still protects its stem. 
and then it'll deteriorate there down to the roots. Well, your body, let's think about your body, our bodies, my body. It most wants to keep your heart beating. That's the core. It's got to keep your heart beating at the least. That's the core. If everything else shuts down, that's the roots in essence. If everything else shuts down and your brain's not working, your limbs aren't working, you're bedrid bedridden, your body is striving to keep that heart going. As once the heart stops, you're obviously done. So you want your brain, think about your brain radiating just gloriously, working perfectly like the flower or the fruit. And you've got to support the overall system from the roots up to get all you can out of that brain. We especially in the Western culture live under this myth that our body can be in jeopardy, but at least we can sit in the desk and work, right? No matter what, we can prop ourselves up and we can work and our brain's going to keep going. Well, it, it may be. It is not functioning at full capacity. And everybody's always going to think about an exception of somebody who was just, you know, near destroyed and still getting good stuff out of their brain. That's great. How much more could they have gotten out of their brain? How much longer could they have gotten good stuff out of their brain? Don't look at the exceptions. Nobody wants to be exception. I don't think anybody's hearing this going, you know what? I hear this. But I think I can be the exception. I think I can let my body go to waste and my brain will still work great. Um, that's a myth, one. And two, who wants to be the exception? I mean, look around at you at the culture right now, the rise in cognitive decline, Alzheimer's, early onset dementia, brain fog. We're walking around. Our bodies, our stems are making it you know, out of, the out of bed, off the couch, up the stairs, maybe up the stairs, up to the elevator. And we're making it, albeit with pains and less ability, our heart's still pumping, but our brains, that flower and the fruit of us is not getting what it needs. It is deprived. And we look at the mental health state that we're in and it's jointly right along there with all these chronic health issues that we have arise in everything from diabetes to heart disease to cognitive problems. Let me drive this tragedy home further. If you take away the flower and the fruit of the plant, it's not just the glory and beauty that you lose, but it's actually the sustenance for others, bees and hummingbirds and more. They get their nourishment from that flower. We take away our brains, our mental health, our cognitive abilities, and we leave those around us with just a shell, just the stem and the roots. Maybe they don't get your joy and hope and inspiration and connection connection. And that's the point here. We're not connecting the health and wellness of our overall body to our actual brain, which is where our mind exists, whereas where our mental state exists and our ability to think, creatively think, critically think, to have hope, to have joy, to have faith when things get hard. So we need proper nutrition from food. We need water and hydration. We need sleep. We need air. We need to strengthen our bodies, the roots and stems and leaves of our human plant in essence. And skeletal muscle is key. And you don't need to look like Thor, but you need to be have enough muscle to be moving around with ease, carrying and lifting and bending and crouching and standing and climbing stairs with energy and ability. If your body can do that, then your mind Likewise, is going to 
go along with that. Again, I pointed this out in one of the previous episodes in this series that we look at these older people who are into weightlifting and resistance training, especially, and I'd say even more so than cardio, which we'll, we'll hit in just a second. But uh, when, when we, you know, they're doing an interview with them and they're showing their muscles and not paying attention to the person is a hundred percent cognitively there. We don't have one of these old people, not that I've seen who is you know, jumping down and doing some burpees and lifting some weights and they're 90 years old and they're just cognitively gone, drooling otherwise, blank stare. It just doesn't go hand in hand. If your body is fit and well, so is your brain almost always. So let's talk about that. So there's the analogy. All right. There's the analogy. Now let's talk about, again, the highlights of what we got from Dr. Gabrielle Lyon, Dr. Randy James, Muscle. We're talking about skeletal muscle. We're not talking about bodybuilding and Arnold Schwarzenegger and massive biceps. We're talking about just the muscle to do daily life. Uh, Gabrielle Lyon said, the quality of your life is a direct correlation to your muscle health. The quality of your life is a direct correlation to your muscle health. Now, there are also correlations to your uh, quality of life also, good relationships and lots of things, okay? But this is a main one that we're missing in our culture, muscle health. And she puts a lot of focus on uh, the errancy of our focus being primarily on fat. And she's saying before, you know, fat is an issue. Obviously, if you have too much fat, that's a strain on your system and you are at risk for a lot of issues. But she's saying she's almost just as much or more prone to look at muscle. Even if you've got some fat, can you have some muscle there? All right. The other thing is, you know, muscle, we just tend to look at as an aesthetic because uh, to get around to survive in life, we don't necessarily need a bunch of muscle to exist. Uh, but it's not just as aesthetic. And we're not talking about, again, bulky muscles. We're talking about skeletal muscle mass, not biceps, not quads, but overall, like if you had to hunt and gather in the old days, like our ancestors did and their bodies or their days were just uh, moving, lifting, walking, climbing, pulling, pushing, whatnot. We just don't have that. So we're looking at overall skeletal muscle, again, not just bulk muscle mass. Okay. Another point here, working out is artificial and it really is standing there and lifting a weight in the middle of a gym or in your own home just does not feel natural. What are you accomplishing? Again, we've been domesticated as Dr. Gabrielle Lyons said, and we don't have to move again to survive. Now we do to thrive. Our bodies were made to thrive. It's just like an animal. We see an animal out in the wild capable of amazing things. We domesticate them and they start having the same problems that we do. So you've got to, you got to get past that and figure out how to find a way to do resistance training that you can sustain. And it doesn't have to be the same. Again, you do, may not want to be a, a muscle head, uh, so-called, and go into the gym and lifting weights in front of other people. Figure it out. Are you, do you need to buy some weights for your uh, home? Do you need to join a class somewhere that leads you through this, like a CrossFit type thing? Do you need to get a personal trainer? All of that is time and money, time and money, time and money. That's what keeps us from doing most things, especially when it's not something we enjoy. We'd rather take our time and money and go see a movie or do some entertainment or do something fun, which I, I get. And again, I am a cardio guy. I get great joy and pleasure out of going out on a trail on my bike or running. 
Uh, and I do enjoy that. And there's you know great benefit in that. It's not resistance training. I do not get great joy from doing resistance training, from doing pull-ups and push-ups and uh, dips and burpees and lifting weights and doing squats and stuff. It's not my thing. I have to figure out what makes it work for me. For me, it was investing on Craigslist on used weights. And I have a full rec room at home. That's what gets me to do it. Cause I'm not somebody who's going to go to a gym and whatnot. I have done times of employing a trainer, somebody to tell me what to do. We're going to be having somebody on the show soon, uh, to talk about that, but you got to figure out what's a way that you can do it, that you can sustain. And, you know, it could be coming up with an activity that causes you to, uh, do physical movement. I, every, every fall season, we cut wood at my home. We literally cut down the standing dead trees or trees that are already down. We cut them and drag them and whatever. And it's a great physical workout, but I'm just not doing that every day or every other day, even, or a couple of times a week, we do it for a little while and then we just don't need to again. And there's nothing really in my life that necessitates movement like that. So again, I got to go artificially do that. I just want to commiserate that sometimes it can feel goofy, but it just is because we have a lifestyle now where we don't have to move necessarily to live. I live high up in the Rocky Mountains where the air is clean and fresh as possible, but then I step indoors and I'm breathing in untold amounts of toxins and allergens from paint and carpet and cleaning chemicals and pets and furniture and appliances and mold and so on. Studies show the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air anywhere you are. And in some places, it's a hundred times worse than that. Well, the solution is to get an air purifier and air doctor is just the best out there. It filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen and pet dander and dust mites and mold and even bacteria and viruses so your lungs don't have to try to do that. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com. You can use the promo code KEVIN, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. So to get the special deal, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com. Use promo code Kevin. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital. And Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash Kevin. 
Friends, I'm pretty candid about my lack of financial prowess. Money and numbers are fairly Greek to me, so I need a lot of guidance. One of my closest friends is a wildly successful wealth manager, and I'm working on some financial literacy and just continually seeking guidance. So I ask you to check out yahoofinance.com. Nobody knows it all on Yahoo Finance is a, an incredible resource for the rookies like me or the seasoned investors. You know, before my dad passed away recently, Dave Ramsey and his wife, Sharon, flew down to visit. We all got to spend a day together. And I was at yahoofinance.com just now. I saw multiple news flashes from Dave and other people that you respect. And they're hitting so many of the hottest areas in finance today. So it's a place to get a snapshot of all aspects of your financial interests. And if you have them, your portfolios. I hadn't realized Yahoo Finance is the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. So for your comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. One more time. YahooFinance.com. Next point. What is the best exercise? What is the best way to do that? And we talked about that for years. I've talked about with Dr. Randy James, his answer to what's the best exercise. And he would say, whatever it is you'll do. That's fair, especially if you're totally sedentary, getting somebody off the couch, anything they'll do is going to be of a benefit to their body. Now, we are going to go a step further here and say uh, that to do some resistance training, we're going to give kind of a priority here. Now, again, I love cardio. I don't want to be somebody who has muscle and I can't run a mile. I mean, there's great benefits to cardio. We're not minimizing that as all at all. But I am, even as the endurance athlete that I've been my entire life, I'm going to start elevating resistance training and making it kind of a priority. Like I've got, maybe I'll do that before I can go run. I got to do three sets of push-ups. before I go ride. I need to do some pull-ups. I need to do some curls. I need to do some squats, whatever that is. And giving that a, a priority, I'm not going to give up cardio. Now, if push comes to shove, that's a relevant thing. If you've only got 15 minutes or 20 minutes or 30 minutes, whatever, and you're only going to do one thing, should it be cardio or should it be um, resistance training? There's a strong case that resistance training might be the priority. Now, you can also do those without a lot of recovery. You know, do a set of something, do a set of squats and, and recover for a minute and do them again. And over the, again, however long you work out, 10 minutes, 60 minutes, whatever it may be, um, that your heart rate is elevated. That is some cardio. Uh, so there's a benefit there. You can do that by not taking a lo- taking real long breaks in between uh, that. Again, we're not talking about bulking up like Arnold Schwarzenegger, but we are talking about doing some resistance training to, to burn, uh, to, till, till your muscles burn. Think about that. If you do something with your biceps, you are tearing the muscle down so that it can grow bigger. Big point here that I want you to hear though if I am doing push-ups per se, let's say you, you say, okay, I'm going to do push-ups. That's something we can all do. You can drop down in your office or in your home or whatever and do some push-ups. It works out your arms, your shoulders, your core. It's a great overall body. If you do burpees where you're then standing up and jumping, that's a great overall body work. Guys, they're really hard. And uh, if you if you do that though, and let's say, let's just go with push-ups and you drop down and you can do three. 
or five, whatever it may be. And you do them and you maybe give it a day of rest and you do them again, do some sets. You start doing these consistently. You get up to where you can do 20. Let's just say 20. Okay. 20 pushups. And it's going to be different for men and women. Uh, and, and that's fair. Don't get caught up in that. And it's not just men being strength. Women also generally have breasts. They have extra weight there that guys don't. It's not fair. So you're not trying to do the same amount necessarily, but you work up. Let's say you start and you increase by four. You can do five push-ups and you keep doing them over time, little by little, until you work up to where you can do 20. It's a big deal. That's hard. It's breaking the muscle down, building it up bigger. Once you get to that point, 20 push-ups, let's say, or 10 or 40, whatever it is. Once you get to that point, you think, man, I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling stronger. I can feel the strength in my chest and my arms and whatnot. And you say, I'm good with that. Again, we're not looking for a, a continual growth here. We're talking about a level of muscle mass that even uh, Dr. Lyons said, there's not some perfect number. There's not really a way to equate that. But yeah, you, you, you come to a point where you feel good and able and capable. Maintaining that is so easy. It's so much easier. Sometimes I feel like I can maintain my, I have a push-up routine. Uh, it's different from the norm, but I can maintain being able to do my push-ups, be able to jump up and do pull-ups on a bar to be able to do dips. I can maintain that by doing a couple sets a few times a week. You know, well, on Monday, I do a couple sets of push-ups. Nothing on Tuesday, maybe nothing on Wednesday, Thursday, I do a bunch of dips. Uh, a couple of days later, I do a bunch of pull-ups or whatever it is. And I may change around and just do one of each or, or whatever it is that I can maintain that my body can jump in and do those 20 where, you know, or 20 or 40 or whatever, where, where, when I first started out, I could do so few and it'll maintain the maintenance is so much easier. All right. Dr. Lyon talked about the older the muscle, the younger the brain. This is a great message to pass on to anyone, but especially the youth. Uh, but at any of us, the, the sooner we start, the better. The longer we have muscle, the more apt we are to keep a younger brain. There's a benefit to starting as early as possible. I've been talking to my kids about that. Uh, again, think about that well, here is a cyclist. So I was a pro cyclist, right? So I, I've been racing bikes since I was 10 and riding avidly ever since that 10 years old. And they used to talk about muscle memory. I mean, people still do muscle memory. Oh, you know, whatever you do, you can, your, you, your muscles remember how to do it. Okay. I think that's a bit of a misnomer. Do they remember or they are just innately equipped? I read a story one time about cyclists specifically as such a specific sport uh, it's actually, you know, it gets you out of balance, your pair of legs, and that's about it. You don't want anything else, but a pair of legs. But when you do that, the amount of extra blood vessels literally growing to the blood, your body's going, holy smokes, every day this dude's or this you know person is going out and riding. We got to send more blood over there. We're actually going to grow more blood vessels down there. So it's not only muscle memory, it's muscle ability. So if I go for like right now, as I sit here, I have my arm out of a sling, but I'm two weeks, I'm over two weeks out of doing it hardly anything because I broke seven bones. And at some point I'm going to get past that. I'm going to get back on the bike. Uh, let's say a month has gone by or two months or whatever, since I've, I've been able to train and I'm going to have lost 
some fitness. I'm going to loss, have lost muscle mass, but man, all those blood vessels are down there. They're going to kick it in. I will get back into shape, cycling shape specifically so much faster than anybody else. My progress will be that much further. Think about that again for your overall body. So if you are a young person and you keep doing it, you stay active, you will be able to stay active longer and your brain is going to stay younger. That was the message from Dr. Gabriel Lyon. Now, again, everybody is so prone to take exceptions and go, oh man, I know this guy. And he was just one of those huge muscle bound workout guy. And he actually died young and he looks terrible. Yeah. When you overdo it, and especially if you're taking steroids and whatnot, and pounding way more food than your body should be trying to assimilate to keep up with that muscle growth. That's not health, but you can put that to anybody, to any extreme sport. Uh, I have friends who do a lot of these ultra endurance things where they go out and run a hundred miles. They do that for the achievement, for what it does for them psychologically, mentally, their own sense of well-being and confidence, whatever. But when they go out and run a hundred miles, that is not health. That's not creating health. That's deteriorating their body. And even as I look at elite athletes, a lot of those people, they don't always have great health later in life because they've way overdone it. And again, we're not talking about doing that. We're not talking about extreme measures here. Okay. Another point, biomarkers don't include muscle mass. So even if you go to a you know, an untraditional doctor, an alternative doctor, a lot of times they're looking at in-depth. We talk a lot about in-depth, in-depth labs and advanced diagnostics. A lot of times still, they're not looking at muscle mass and they need to be now with Dr. Randy James, functional medicine, they actually have a $10,000 machine that you stand on and it actually measures your muscle mass. That should be something that we're doing. If we're looking at your overall health, we're looking at how much you sleep, what your, all your, all your genetics, your, and your biomarkers of health. We should be looking at your muscle mass or lack thereof, just as we are looking at your body fat percentage. Uh, you can't get that a lot of places. You may, if you want to find out your body mass and look to increase that, you need to find some place that can do that. It's probably going to be a functional medicine or an alternative medicine or a high end health organization that's going to have some kind of a machine because you need some technology to be able to do that. But to find out your muscle mass and see that growth is significant. Another point I mentioned it before mu- think of more muscle instead of less fat be best to have both, obviously. And again, the more fat that you have, the more taxed your body is. Uh, too much fat is absolutely detrimental. But what Gabrielle is really leading us to is so is too little muscle, too little muscle. And I don't, I know a lot of people who are thin-ish, but they are not fit. Uh, they do not have muscle tone and they are not helping their life with that. We need to get some muscle and they could even put that somewhat before fat. And obviously, if you are pursuing muscle, building muscle, you will by proxy generally be losing some fat as well. Okay, let's talk real quick about protein. Uh, I'm not going to spend much time on this, but there is to, to feed that muscle growth. There needs to be some nutrients 
Dr. Lyon, again, focused uh, so much on protein. This is a volatile topic where we get into animal products and meat and whatnot and protein consumption and carbohydrates. Now, I want you to hear she did talk about, I think we talked about this in part two more than part one, that she personally consumes plenty of carbohydrates. She doesn't really fret about it. She just makes protein her priority. Her call to us was one gram of protein per pound of ideal body weight. Okay. So I am right now, I'm actually heavier right now. I'm probably 170, maybe pushing above that with the muscle that I would like to have. I probably should be 170, 175. So, so my ideal body weight with the muscle I want would actually maybe be a little bit more than I am right now. Uh, so one gram. So if I'm a hundred, that's 170 grams for me. I think we talked about a can of tuna, something like 40, six grams or, or whatever. Uh, we're talking like four cans of tuna. I do not eat that much protein. I don't even know if I eat half that much. I have not made this shift yet. Uh, I'm also, you know, in, in amidst this big injury, which is probably a good time to, but I haven't taken time. I'm going to do that. Now I did look at Dr. Mark Hyman, another leader in functional medicine, somebody that Dr. Gabriel Lyon is associated with. And I saw him, he put 0.8 grams, 0.8 grams. 0.8 grams, 0.1, it's still a lot. Uh, so if you, again, if you look at the math is easy, if you look at one gram per pound of ideal body weight. So if your ideal body weight is 150 pounds, we're saying 150 grams, but my gosh, if you get 130, that's still pretty great. Uh, we did talk about what kind of protein and Dr. Lyon, Gabrielle, she was big on meat. She says it's the most accessible. I'm not going to go down that argument. There is a lot of people who argue that and, of course, argue it for the you know meat, how it affects the planet. You're going to have to do your own, make your own decision on that. I am going to increase my meat consumption. Now, I'll probably do it with fish primarily. It's what I like. I tend to digest it better. Uh, but if you want to do it as a vegetarian, you can do that. You're, you, I think you're going to have to eat more food, which is an issue because we're talking about a big quantity of food. But you look at that. I am personally going to be utilizing protein powders. That's an easy way to get it in and digest more protein uh, when you're trying to increase it a lot. And again, there are protein powders. You can look at, I think uh, Gabrielle talked about whey protein. That's dairy. Some people have dairy problems and that's not going to work. You can look at all, there's pea protein. That's a lentil. Some people like me have problems with pea protein. There's all different kinds. There's way too many. It's frustrating. You may just look at what you want to spend because some of them, I think whey protein is also the cheapest. Um, how much do you care about organic and environmental issues? What food intolerances do you have? I, again, have compassion for the complexities there. You may just need to try a few different styles of protein powder if you want to incorporate uh, that in. So I'm still working on my plan there. That's a big part. That's what I'm going to end on for the most part is we've got to have a plan to eat that way. And to exercise this way, we've got to have a plan every day. Uh, my, I had a, a, an assistant at one point and she knows that I personally, this is not everybody, but I personally struggle with confines, with being confined. So to have my day regimented, I don't like that. I want to have spontaneity in that, built that in. But she says, Kevin, do you, you got some routines, right? I said, yeah. She said, do you ever miss brushing your teeth in the morning? Well, no. Okay. She says, do you ever miss your coffee? And now I'd put in tea in the morning. Nope. Do you miss your morning time? Like your solitude in the morning to prepare for your day, man, not often. Okay. Those are your routines. Can you, and she, she was trying to, at the 
point trying to get me to get in a routine of doing podcasts consistently. It was back when we weren't posting consistently. And so same thing with this. Can I get into a uh, routine of, can you get in a routine of resistance training? Doesn't have to be every day, whatever works for you. Maybe it's every day a little bit. Maybe it's every other day. Um, it needs to be consistent and you do some resistance training. How much? Again, right now, if you're not doing much, anything is better than nothing. If you spend 15 minutes and you just do bicep curls or you do squats or you do uh, pull-ups, push-ups, dips, uh, whatever it may be, whatever works for you, but you do some resistance training for, for so much. I think with anything, you know, they've always talked about kind of 20 minutes. I think that's a good thing. If you're doing less than 20 minutes, it's hard to get a whole lot of benefit, but you don't need to do an hour generally uh, to have good skeletal muscle mass, but have a plan of resistance training and then feeding it. And this was not just the protein that Gabrielle talked about was not just about feeding muscle. It was about feeding our overall body health and wellness and her uh, research on that protein helps us overall with our, again, overall health and wellness and strength uh, overall. One thing on this, this is a great message to talk about with somebody and find a partner with, whether it's your spouse, a friend, a coworker, somebody who you can get on board. And especially if this is out of your comfort zone, if you're somebody who doesn't work out, you never have worked out. Even if you walk some or you run some or you take a Zumba class or you do whatever, but you've never really like lifted weight. That's so far out. Find somebody to do this with is, is so powerful. If you can afford it uh, to find a coach, I've had multiple people on the show who have said, uh, where I talk about their personal health and wellness that have said, I, I, I remember a couple specifically who said, you know what? I hate working out. I hate it. This is what they said. You know, I know about health and wellness. I'm in self-help arena. I get it, but I just, I hate it. So I coughed up the money and they have a personal trainer. One uh, individual said, I have a personal trainer that shows up at my house and knocks out on my door. And if I'm in my pajamas, I got to come to the door and we go do the workout. It's the only way I get myself to do it. I mean, I appreciate that so much. That's like me with finances. I am not going to do it. So I pay for an accountant, CPA firm to run that. And then I have to have a bookkeeper beyond that to go through the details. That's my investment. So I make it happen, but I find a way to do it that is palatable to me. So you've got to as well. I hope this analogy uh, resonated with you of the plant. If your, if your brain is the flower and the glory of your life, it's your mind, it's your mental state, it's your hopes, your dreams, your joys. It is the flower of you. It is the fruit of you. And when you start depleting your body, it's one of the first places that's going to be taken away from while your body protects your heart. It's got to keep that heart beating. So whatever it needs to start shutting down to keep that heart beating, it's going to start shutting down. We need to feed our bodies overall. We need to have strength overall. We need to have fitness and wellness in our body as the carrier of this beautiful mind that we have. Friends, thank you for joining me on this journey to elevate our own experience and improve the way we show up for others. I want to thank Dr. Gabrielle Lyon. Again, her focus is muscle-centric medicine. Her new book, if you're watching the video right over my shoulder here, is called Forever Strong, A New Science-Based Strategy for Aging Well. You can find her podcast. If you're listening to this podcast, uh, wherever you are, you should be able to find the Dr. Gabrielle Lyon, L-Y-O-N show. 
the Dr. Gabrielle Lyons show. She talks about this kind of stuff every day. She has incredible guests on the show. Uh, you can find her and follow her on Instagram. She does a lot there. I think she's got I don't know, four or 500,000 followers there. And it's Dr. Gabrielle Lyon. L-Y-O-N, Dr. D-R Gabriel Lyon. You can find her on Instagram. Uh, also, thanks to Dr. Randy James, my buddy. You can find him at truelifemedicine.com and you can engage with him there if you desire. And friends, if you appreciate the podcast here, I uh, want to share it with others. Please rate us on Spotify. Just give us a rating there or leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on YouTube and watch these shows at Kevin Miller CO. That's also where you'll find me on social media, where we have a lot of great clips of me with the guests and these uh, profound messages that they're giving us. So in a real short form, 30 seconds, a minute, whatever, you can find that and get great benefit from that. You can share that with others. You can see if it's a show you want to listen to in full. And if you want to learn how to master your own inner drive, check out my book, What Drives You. It's on Amazon in any format you want. Until next time, stay driven.